Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 258. It's over. It's over. We can begin. Hello, my name is Josh Canal. To my left is Mr. John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right is Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Do anything special over the week, John? Anything uh, special in the last week? Anything at all? Hang out Anything? with some Shantuzies. Right. Um, apart from that. No. Oh, I think of Acme. Think oh, of Acme. oh, how'd that go? Hey, were you there? Yes, yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was right next to you. That's right. And That's, Crop- yeah. was there how'd as well. You go, yeah. How did Crown you guys Toby. get tickets? Oh, we I know, it sold out. out for so long. I know. Yeah, we just stood We just stood on the stage until it started and then <laughs> hoped that nobody noticed. <laughs> and it worked. And it, and it <laughs> worked. Yeah. Uh, Cropley, you were in the audience. That How did it look from there? Uh, it looked uh, stunning. I'd, it was the first time uh, I'd been in that room at Acme. Was there enough differentiation? Because I didn't have a beard and John did have a beard. So could you tell us apart? Yes, definitely. I, also, I, you were wearing a bright red shirt. I was wearing a little too much grey. I do apologise for that. Yeah. Yeah. I you think John was used to being, uh, being part yeah. of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there were two different shades of grey when I got dressed in the morning. They really weren't. Should we tell people what it was in case they weren't there? I have oh, no yeah. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, box cutters live in the studio at Acme, uh, where we did what they called '90s nostalgia, what we called Press Gang and Degrassi, uh, and we just looked at those two shows, Press Gang and the Degrassi series, yeah. the '90s version of the Degrassi series, not the 2000s version of the people, Degrassi series. People that I chatted to over the week uh, afterwards, uh, you know, kept on coming up with suggestions of what uh, nostalgia for the '90s was. Did you do Seinfeld? for example. Yeah. So uh, it was a little bit misleading uh, unless you read the blurb about what it was actually about. Yeah, but I, I think everyone who was there was either a press gang or... Oh, I think absolutely. Everyone, everyone who, who, who bought tickets, everyone who went through the process to actually buy tickets... Mm. Was aware. But that is an interesting point, though. None of us tells, because I would think maybe X-Files just jumps to, to my head. Yeah, some, somebody, else, somebody else said X-Files to me, and I just went, no, you're not understanding what we're doing, because it's... The, the na- name, yeah. Well, anyway, I dressed like Joey Jeremiah in uh, in MX, and uh, and people thought that was hilarious. And then, uh, and, we, and we talked to Joey Jeremiah via Skype, Pat, Pat Mastriani, and Pat Mastriani, both of them. And um, uh, that that is going to be a podcast. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, uh, I think that part of it is already up on the Acme blog. Uh, so if you go to blog.acme.net.au, uh, they. You might already have the Pat Mastroianni thing up there as a little flash video. Uh, and uh, otherwise, the, the whole thing is going to be uh, up as a video podcast on the Acme site. And then at the end of March, we'll have uh, an audio version for you to download and listen and enjoy while we take a little break. Mm. That'll, that'll be then. Uh, John. Because that's the end of the uh, uh, summer series. And- <laughs> yes. Sears and... Season. It is the end of the summer, summer season Searson. episodes here. John, b- before we get started and I tell everyone what's in the show, you mentioned a list to me during the yeah. week. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it was a list that came from the All I Know. This is All I Know, listeners. So that it's a list that came from the UK, some UK publication... Of the best TV shows ever. Well, this is, that this is the thing because it's kind of news, but it's also it's kind of a fun game for everyone in the studio, and that's why I didn't want to tell you guys what it was because you know you're very good at googling and you could have cheated. I've, um, I've especially not done any of that. It's actually it's a little bit older. The Guardian newspaper put a list together in January of the 50 best shows of all time, 
done in a highly, highly scientific method. They basically took their seven or eight TV reviewers, got them to make a list. Um, a TV show had to appear on all four lists. People gave it scores. It, yeah, it's scientific-ish. Um, and they've made this long list of 50 shows. And I just thought throughout the show, um, I'd try and get you guys to, to guess what is in the top 10 and see how many we can actually get by the oh, end of the show. just the top 10. Well, anywhere in the 50, I will tell you. But it's just I'm just curious to know, you know. How many of the top ten you get, since there are some here that you will never, ever in a million years guess? It's from a distinctly uh, British viewpoint, it, it, it is. obviously. There is, there is definitely some British stuff on there. You go, really? Well, I'm, I'm going to th- throw out there, because I, I think it, it's Twin Peaks in the uh, top ten. No, number 12. Right. So, yeah, so, so you have got one of the 50. I'm putting a mark down. <laughs> uh, out big, of 50, we've big got Big Breakfast? Uh, no, uh, drama. Uh, it is, it is drama. Drama we're looking at. But, you know, but... Well, well played, you sir. So, when, when you say drama, when you say drama, you mean drama and comedy? Yes, uh, as okay. a scripted, scripted. Series, yeah, uh, the, their rule was it couldn't be a one-off, but there are some mini-series and things. Do, can we have two two guesses? Two guesses just before before I start going through what what's in the show. The actual news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I, uh, Twin Peaks, and I will say Young Ones. See, it's not in the top ten, which means I now have to scroll down the phone because I right. forgot to print it off. No young ones, I'm afraid. No young ones in the top fifty. No. Okay, Brett, you uh, you said uh, Richard and Judy. What was <laughs> it? Two two scripted shows. Quick. Uh, They're not all English. I'm just I know. Funny. I know. Just Friends. Again, scrolling. Not in the top ten. I can tell you that. Northern Exposure. Uh, and I'm going to keep scrolling. Well, uh, Josh, you continue. What the hell is that? Well, okay. I don't even know. You are number 28. I've never heard of while you. you uh, while you go through, John, I yeah. will say that coming up in this week's episode of Box Cutters, we have a review of the new TV show, Bob's Burgers. It's yes. a new animation. Got a crap TV. We're going to be looking at, and this is for the last time, and not even in a John Farnham last time, for an absolute last time, going to be looking at Ben Elton live from planet Earth. Uh and that's going to lead us into a discussion of when British people come to Australia and do TV shows here. And claim that they're Australian and they're the local product. Yeah, kind of. You should be fearful of American content coming in if they don't uh, kinda. get, get and your if, support. And if everyone could move their phones away from microphones, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, we've got some letters to box cutters. We've got one thing as, uh, as we finish, we'll get with porking trotters. Porking Toby. It doesn't really... It was it written, down somewhere as, wasn't written down somewhere as Porking Toby, which I, I was it, quite taken by. It, it, it was. I've, I've changed that. Okay. And now it's Porking Trotters. <laughs> See, I've said I'm quite taken by Porking Toby. Now he's, he's got those bedroom eyes. But I think I intended to say... Uh, pork, long sweet. Pork and Trotters. Oh, I see. All right. But, uh, but no, it's, it's come out as Porking Trotters. As always, though, we're going to kick things off. John, did you have an answer for us? No. With the Box Cutters News. that once upon a time would have just excited me no end and now because you're such a big fan uh n- no just uh I, I don't know what you're talking about now <laughs> I, I was gonna say be- because because i used to love the machinations of uh, of tv networks and then since doing this show i've discovered how much garbage goes on and how 
just absolutely ridiculously and unnecessarily political it is uh, and how it's really just all about two families wanting to own everything and now three families want to, wanting to own everything. Uh, last, week's we, last week we had uh, Channel 7 merging with West Australian News, uh, which makes the world's biggest media organisation in Western Australia. Which was... Like, which is, which was, is very specific because there aren't many other media organisations in Western Australia. But well, it was such a non-merger because, Network. because uh, uh, Kerry Stokes had been buying up WA News anyway, and, and so it was basically just his two media interests, him smashing those together, in, in a sense. Uh, now, is that is that actually separating the seven media from his mining interests? Because that was, that was the weirder kind of merge last year. The whole thing, the whole thing is weird. But, yeah. but then last week... You know, in the time in between then and now, uh, the uh, the uh, head of Channel Ten mm-hmm. has uh, has gone, so of, of Network Ten rather, Grant Grant Blackley uh, has gone as CEO of Network Ten, and Lachlan Murdoch has taken over, and Lachlan Murdoch is. Technically, they're as acting CEO for the moment until they can find a proper replacement. Uh, in mm. the meantime, uh, he says that he's anxious to, to find a, a chief executive uh, and, uh, and also uh, there's talk of, uh, of changing the, the news He's hour. also keen to have a rethink about what they're doing with yeah. the news, which they've just introduced. And uh, I... I had taken them putting that in, putting George Negus in and putting the local news in as they were they were looking at it long term. They were going to do the same thing as they did with the 7pm project. They would give it nine months to get up to speed, take it through the summer, give it a chance to actually bed in. Uh, two weeks into, into George Negus, they're like, oh, nobody's watching it. We have to do something. And now Lockie Murdoch's in there and I reckon it's going to – well, there's already talk of moving it. Uh, to 6.30, and uh, I guess that means there's just not going to be any local news. I don't imagine they're going to just switch that around. And so what, they'll put Simpsons back at 6 o'clock, probably, so they won't have the news in between. It won't be a whole news bracket. Basically, everything they've done to, to try to reinvent Channel 10, because the new look hasn't worked instantly... This is what I'm confused about, because they're talking about how they, they 11 got set up deliberately as the youth... Network. Yes. Has the Simpsons, has Neighbours. Yeah, Neighbours would have been hacked so if there wasn't 11. Yeah, and presumably so that 10 could go for another audience. Now they've been talking about going back to the youth audience. So if 10 goes back to the youth audience, then what does 11 become? Oh, it becomes the leftover channel, like Go and Seven Mate. They're also looking at uh, the remit of One, which is the sports channel, and uh, whether that should actually be all sports. Apparently they've already started programming... Uh, uh, content that's not sports. Uh, I, I read. I haven't watched. I don't watch that that channel. So, so. What, what does that become then? Well, not uh, not, not their twenty four seven. And this is channel. this is such a shame because it was the greatest and bravest thing we have seen a network do in the last twenty years in in Australia. It, it was it was fantastic to see ten. Network 10 say, all right, we are going to have three channels. One of them is going to be a sports channel. One of them is going to be a an entertainment channel. And the other one is going to be our news and special events channel. Mm. And that makes sense. It's, it's a great separation. It pushes people to use those multi-channels. 
the only people I know who are watching Seven Mate are people who are sick at home and love watching, you know, old episodes of uh, of Murder She Wrote. That said, Seven Mate does have some good documentary series on it. Do you? I, I can't watch it because it's HD and I've got an SD box. But, right. You know, we get television now. It's a step up. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do notice occasionally they have interesting science based docos. I'm in the same. I'm in the same. Uh, same boat as you, John. I don't get any of the HD channels uh, unless I decide to watch them on the net. It's the only way I can get uh, ABC News Twenty Four. But the uh, it's, so I find I find it so annoying that Murdoch and Packer, who are their father's children, as, as much as they would pretend not to be, they are they are just smaller dinosaurs, as far as I see it. They are not the people who are going out and trying new things. Although they, they do. Were, they were they brought do have, up in an, old, in an old media context. But they do already have a history of having a spectacular failure yes. uh, with one tail. Yes, they, yes, they do. Uh, and when, uh, when Lachlan Murdoch left his father's company, I always saw that as a ploy to just try to buy an Australian television network. Uh, that seems to have happened. And uh, it just... It just makes me so sad because we could have had so much so much positivity coming out of what network 10 were doing and now it seems like that's just that's not going to take place mm. in the meantime uh news corp lachlan murdoch's father's company has bought the shine group which was elizabeth murdoch's company mm-hmm. which owns MasterChef. Uh. uh so that's, uh, you know, as long as it's not getting all incestuous and stuff there, that's fine. Well, no, it doesn't sound like that. No, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that at all. Uh, Brett, uh, you, uh, you, now this, this is really a new story for James Talia, isn't it? Because he's the one who's going to be most upset about, about all of this news. Well, uh, it seems that uh, Charlie Sheen's shenanigans uh, in in real life have had a, a true impact on on how uh, audiences are reacting to Channel Nine's uh, scheduling of forty two episodes of Two and a Half Men per week <laughs> uh, because Every they're, night. Uh, they're not sticking with it. Apparently, uh, they're really having to uh, reconsider what they're going to have in that uh, seven o'clock band. Um, and uh, get something else that works. They're talking about Big uh, Big Bang Theory to put in there. But, uh, yeah, Charlie Sheen's uh, kind of gone a bit nuts, and uh, and there are reports of him uh, doing interviews and, and uh, making maybe anti-Semitic comments, uh, using Chuck Lorre's... Uh, birth name and, and you know... Which is, a, which is very... It's, it's Chaim Levine. Like, it's a really... It's a really Jewish name. Mm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't read them as anti-Semitic, but more just this man is not who he seems. Kind of, uh, you know, he's hiding under a mask. This is his real name. You don't know who he is. It's the it's the ravings of a paranoid lunatic. Is what is what we get from uh, from Charlie Sheen, and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hilarious. Well, the uh, the production's sad, been shut sad. down uh, for the remainder of the season that it's currently in. Uh, I, I didn't get to go through all the articles that uh, but, that we had. Uh, but Charlie they, Sheen is talking about coming back next year or for the next season. Uh, there's there are rumours. I, I think I read a rumour that John Stamos was going to take over from Charlie Sheen. Like there are rumours all over the Did place. You get John Lovett's in because whenever a show's <gasps> dying, they put John Lovett's in. And Ted McGinley. And then it just 
Yeah. Put John Lovitz and Ted McGinley in. Oh, that'll that'll bring a show back to life. I, I never fave John Lovitz for news radio. Uh, the uh, uh, so Dave stopped, but Charlie Sheen said that he was going back to work on Friday. So <laughs> they said. they stopped production. <laughs> so I don't know what everybody else has done. I'm going to work. Which which reminds me of a a, a, a friend I used to have who uh, he just lived at home for so long. That his parents moved out of their house, mm. and he and he stayed. Mm. His parents moved out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, which I, so you, you know, reckon just, we're going to turn on Channel Nine, and Charlie Sheen will yeah. still be there, just, just going, in a white box. Well, there's nobody there to switch on the cameras or the lights. Oh, no, he'll do it. He'll learn how to do it all. It's amazing what you can do on a bucket of speed. But well, the, if, um, he, if he gets the right hookers, he could uh, just have them come in and do <laughs> He'll it. have a hooker crew. Yes. That's nice. That's, <laughs> that's hard-working nice. hooker crew. They seem to be the people that he works best with. Uh, I, think, I think that, look, you know, I was never a big fan of Two and a Half Men. Nah. Never, And, ever. you know, it's really three men now. Yeah, it's, and it's done, it's done its time, surely. Uh, I'm just... I, I keep watching. There, there is a Chuck Lorre show that I do watch. Might, might be Mike and Molly. Maybe it's it's something. Uh, I can't remember now. But uh, it, yeah, there is a there is a Chuck Lorre show that I watch. Maybe it's Community. Does he do Community? I can't remember. Uh, I'm just waiting for the vanity card where he hits back <laughs> at Charlie Sheen because Chuck Lorre has excellent vanity cards yes. uh, where he talks about his life a little bit. John, you've got some news in brief. I have a bunch of in brief ones. Any anyone particular you wanted? Uh, any, any suggestions? Let's just you know, they're, they're, I think each of them are kind of just a sentence. Okay. Um, actually, I don't want to mention the first one because I'm, I'm quite charmed by the fact this is a press release from ABC. ABC TV has pulled off the recruitment coup of the 2011 AFL season by signing up the increasingly popular Mangrook Footy Show. Yeah. Yeah, from Channel 31. I, I, I assume it's written tongue in cheek, but it is quite charming that a Channel 31 Indigenous um, AFL show, basically it's the Indigenous Footy Show, will be going on to ABC Two from Wednesday, the March 23rd then moving to Thursday nights. Apparently it's a great show. We tried to have them on a couple of times, but just couldn't get the schedules working out properly. I think that's great news. Mangrook, of course, translates to game ball, to reference to the original indigenous form of football, which in some, uh, some people claim actually influenced, if not directly led to AFL. Uh Ben Elton live from planet Earth was uh, cancelled. Just on, on just oh, was it? Yeah. Oh no! Who could have seen that coming? I know. Um, yeah, it was cancelled. There is this horrible, horrible quote a nine spokesman put out. I, I'm actually we will get later on to talking about because Toby Halligan wanted to point out. Yeah, maybe he didn't have enough time. But nine spokesman said that uh, that he did a fantastic job. But it ended off with we thank Ben and all the cast and crew for their commitment and wish them all the best, which is the form letter you get if you apply for a job and they don't give you an interview. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good luck for the future. For the future, I thought that was actually quite, yeah, quite mean. So, so in the end, he was taken out by the uh, Christchurch uh, earthquake because uh, the scheduling was pushed back. Uh, so, so they must have judged well, him also no harshly was, no because he didn't have enough but, audience because it was on so much later. Uh, yeah, ha- has he come out and justified it that way yet? <laughs> I, 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 I think he's actually just been quiet for the last week. I haven't heard a single thing out of him. No. And the final After he caused that earthquake in uh, in, in New Zealand. Well, and, it was and actually hello, hello to Elliot and uh, and all your friends. Uh, if you're listening, uh, I'm glad I got a chance to to tweet with you during the week, and glad that uh, you're all safe. It was at precisely that time that uh, Ben Elton was on the ABC uh, bitching about the critics and the tweeters and right. Oh, so yeah, and, I actually see so the minute you've, you've said that now. Watch. 
Yeah, I can see it coming. Um, Armando Anucci, uh, who did a brilliant, brilliant sketch comedy show back in 2001, his first show aired oh, on September the 12th, 2001. On the DVD, he mentions that for some reason, people just weren't in a mood to watch sketch comedy that <laughs> night. He doesn't know what it was. <laughs> but 10 years later, are they buying Newsnight and DVD? I don't think they are. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, give Ben Elton 10 years. Um, and the final bit of uh, very brief news we have here is that uh, Tim Kring of Heroes uh, is teaming up with Kiefer Sutherland to produce a new show called Touch. It's a drama that tells the story of a father who discovers his autistic mute son can predict events before they happen. The, the previous pitch where the autistic mute son predicted them after they happened, they didn't pick that up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a shame because that, that would have been, <laughs> I'd like to see how they made that one work. <laughs> Yeah, after a terrible disaster, the kid go, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be an earthquake. And being Tim Kring, you know, first series could be good. Oh, first series will be good up until the last two episodes and then uh, and then the rest of it. Um, oh, just lastly in the news, uh, here's to Absent Friends. We missed this uh, We missed this death when it happened uh, around about the end of January. But uh, Anthony Geis. Oh, I thought it was a week ago. Did we miss it by that much? Yeah, it was January 21st. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, he was uh, one of the long-term writers for Sesame Street and, amongst other things, created our good friend, Abby Cadabby. Oh. So he's essentially Abby Cadabby's dad. Yeah, yeah, he created her. Yeah. He also created the Honkers, apparently. Yes, yes, which I, I love. Uh, great, great writer and, uh, and much loved around the uh, children's TV and film community. He, uh, he left us at the age of 86, and that... Is the box cutters news? Yeah, hi, g'day. I'm Katrina Mathers, and I'm on the box cutters. How cool is that? <laughs> Bob's Burgers is a uh, new animation from the US. It uh, is on the Fox Network in the US and on mm. Eleven in Australia. Yes, on Wednesday nights, except for this coming Wednesday night. When it's very current. It's not on. On it is Eleven, but they're not raving about it being fast rate. No, no, they're not. They're just playing it like normal. Just uh, quiet it's, achievers. It's a. a TV show that uh, is about a family that runs a uh, a burger, burger shop. Yeah. Uh, it combines family and workplace comedy. It stars H. John Benjamin, who you might also remember from Archer. Uh, and uh, Not so much that, but uh, Dr. Katz. Well, yes, and, and it's also uh, created by uh, Lauren Bouchard, who, who was also uh, one of the producers for Dr. Katz and uh, one of my favourite uh, kids' cartoons of the time, uh, Science Court. Which was excellent. Uh, so, and so he played the son on Doctor Cat's yet. Yeah? Oh, did you H- see Ben H? Yeah, H John and uh, H John Benjamin. Yeah, so uh, and uh, and it's executive produced by Jim Dotrieve. Sorry, Jim Dotrieve, who is also uh, one of the producers of King of the Hill. So it's got a really good pedigree. Uh, it's got it's got a good cast. You could overlook that King of the Hill bit. Yeah. You're an idiot, Brett. <laughs> uh, Christian, King of the Hill is such a great show. Kristen Schaal is in it. You might remember her from Being a Horse. Mm, she's a horse. Uh, and, uh, Daily Show. Yeah. Uh, the Flight of the Concords. Uh, it airs Wednesday nights at 9.30 on 11. I thought this was a really enjoyable uh, animation. John? Yeah, it was all right. Brett? I thought it was much better than King of the Hill and, uh, and very much liked it. Interestingly, Kristen Schaal is the only uh, core female member of the cast. All the other ladies are played by men. Yeah. So it's kind of like Monty Python in that way. Yeah. But not in any other way at all. It's, uh, you know, it's what you'd expect from a, a Fox animation, pretty much. That's Bob's Burgers. Enjoy. Cut!
That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers. <laughs> I love this show. Last week on this very program, we had Vital from Conviction Kitchen and we gave you the times for Conviction Kitchen. Now, Channel 7 were airing the first episode, 9.30 on... A Tuesday, Tuesday night. And then they were going to move it to 8.30 on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Just an hour away, if you're listening on the stream. Which you're not, because there is none. <laughs> uh, so, so that's what they were going to do. Now, this is after they had an air date for it, which was the 31st of January, and then they pulled it from that date to move it to last Tuesday, mm. which then they were going to move to Mondays. And having announced all of that... After last Tuesday, they decided that they were going to keep it at Tuesday's 9.30 because Bones did so well Monday, 8.30. Against Underbelly? Yes. And that's the new Bones? Yes. So because Bones did so well against Underbelly, they thought, well, we'll leave Bones there because it's strong and Underbelly's weak. We will kill Underbelly. We will squash it and then we will be the people who killed Underbelly. Hurrah! (laughs) And, uh, And meanwhile, Conviction Kitchen... Which everyone I spoke to last week who saw it thought it was fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, is staying at who, its 9.30 Tuesday slot. Who stayed up late. Who stayed up late, especially, yeah. to, to, to watch it. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so that's sticking around Tuesday at 9.30. I think that is such crap TV. Give a show that is that good the audience it deserves. There are so many people who are going to miss out. We've already seen, if you, if you have a look through the Box Cutters blog, you can already see what the drop-off is from 9.30, how many mm. people switch off their TVs at 9.30. So, uh, Conviction Kitchen just isn't going to get the audience that, that it should get. And that's a real shame because it's it's a great show. And Bones is uh, is Channel 7's lock-in to win Sunday nights. I don't know. What Monday, Monday Sundays. nights. No, no, oh. but, but traditionally it's been Sunday night. Bones and then his castle. What are they? Uh, what are What are they doing on uh, on Sunday night now? I have I have no idea. I think it's just a guy dancing, going, "Yeah, we're number one. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one <laughs> for an hour." It still wins the ratings. It's, it's quite. It's quite compelling. Hey, do you want to have another guess? Do you want to have another guess? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Look, top ten, top ten on the, on the Guardian list, boys. Go for, go, for uh, the, go for the big hitters. Go for uh, the you know. Okay, uh, Coronation um, Street. Oh, uh, that is on the list. Uh, Coronation Street is at number 26. Well done, Brett. Even though it's the same. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone is also on the list at number 40. Oh! Still uh, haven't cracked the top 10 yet. Still haven't cracked the top 10. Bonanza. No Bonanza. No Bonanza nice at guess, all. but no Bonanza on this list. Uh, Doctor Who. No Doctor Who either. Wow. I know. What? I know. Crazy talk. Well, they're my two guesses. Yeah. Brett, yeah. have you had two guesses? I have had two guesses. All right. Moving on. On with the show. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. Live from Planet Earth, starring Ben Elton and some other people, was cancelled last week. I sent out a tweet and wrote on my Facebook page that Ben Elton, who has no humility, would not learn a lesson from this. That was my. That was the intention of uh, of, of my message. And I got some uh, some interesting feedback, particularly from people who worked in the industry, saying, "Hey, hey, hey! There are people who lost their jobs." 
Yeah, I saw some of that, and I thought it was a bit of an odd kind of, you know, if we're down to people losing their jobs as the, the, the statement for anything, then, you know, anvil manufacturers would still be in work. Yeah. But can I, can I just say, though, going back, because uh, someone else mentioned me the other day, he said, I'm a bit worried that this is now retrospectively making everyone hate Ben Elton's career, you know, because he did co-write The Young Ones. He did co-write you know, Blackadder. And there's now this belief that he must have written the crap bits. And it's like, well, yeah. And I think we are we are laying into him in a way that I do find, uh, yeah, you know, he did some good stuff. And yeah, I'm but, worried that, and yes, he has turned into a crazy old man who blames the Twitter and the... And, and but the, you're, you're the first person to say he co-wrote those things. Everybody else is mentioning he wrote Young Ones. He wrote Blackadder. Like R- Richard Curtis and Lisa Mayer uh, yeah, Lisa May and Rick Mail uh, just were hardly even there. Like yeah. they just had their names on because it was producers' credits or something like that. And that's and that's not true. These these were collaborations. And anything anything that Ben Elton has done on his own has not been as good as those things. But I do feel that that need to sort of point that out. And Toby Halligan did. Um Present us this article from the Australian. Could you pass me that knife from the Australian, darling? Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, which uh, which because uh, I think this is a, there is a bit of discussion to have. Yes, we, we, you know, people have been talking about the show for weeks. We've all laid into it, and there was an article from the Australian the other day, basically saying that comedy needs time. The headline is actually Ben Elton's new show is bad, but comedy needs time, claiming that. You won't make it in the first three episodes necessarily. That Spicks and Specs needed more time. Coming down the hills. And now I'm going to go back the other way to say, but this show was so terrible that the only way to fix it would have been to actually so massively reconfigure it that you might as well have cancelled this and come back in six months it, with a one it, that worked. It had, it had time. They'd worked on it for months and months and months. The problem, I don't think, is that they didn't have time. I think the problem is that nobody at Channel 9 took responsibility for it. it nobody it, at Channel 9 said, hang on a second – this is no good. We have to make it better. It is funny that no changes happened between the first and second episode. Now, Ben Elton said, oh, we were too dirty and we've learned our lesson. But there were still, you know, eight-minute girl flat sketches in, it in week two. There were still, there weren't enough stand-ups. There weren't enough, you know, there weren't any other writers still. It was still that one voice, which people complained about, that it was one voice from beginning to end. And it is odd that why weren't the Channel 9 executives involved Oh. At, th- at that level. Maybe that's just the way that Ben Elton works and that he refuses any input from anybody else so that he can claim all the glory or, in this case, the, the shame of, uh, of what he's done. Well, look, that, that, and you know, perhaps uh, the signing clause was that uh, he had complete final cut on everything and, and that would just be the way it was. No, that, that, that I, I mean, personally, it was a terrible, 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 terrible idea giving Ben Elton a freaking show in the first place from the outset. Since we heard about it, it was a terrible show. And I've been explaining this all the way through. And... and it, it even underperformed my my generous expectations. But if it had just been a new big gig and he just hosted and there had been stand-ups and bands and stuff, that, that could have worked. You know, he, there's no reason to think that couldn't have been doable. If he top-and-tailed it mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, and then exactly as you say, if he top-and-tailed it or introduced new things, the difference between the big gig and this show, though, was the big gig had the performers writing all of their, all of their stuff. And these were performers that had worked together for a long time. They often worked in troops together. They'd, they they already had a rapport. And while I respect the idea of, of getting a whole bunch of new people together... And Comedy Inc. Well, the only, the, only strong, the only strong characters or the only strong performances to come out of it 
were Paul McCarthy and Genevieve Morris. Morris? Wilson? No. Blackmore? Elaine's, Elaine Front. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elaine Front, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Elaine Front. Yeah. Her first, Toby, her first name is Genevieve. We're just not quite sure on the Not surname. quite sure on the so it's, it's the one that's the banker at the competitors in the ANZ bank ads. And she, and she did Elaine yeah. Front was her character. Um, but also, uh, who was the one that played the, uh, the, the schoolgirl oh. character? Oh, Kate McLennan. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like she was, she was fairly strong in it. It was, it was a hackneyed idea to do that character, um, but I think that she was strong there. Certainly, if I was nine, I would, I would be taking Elaine Front from this and doing something with her. I think that would actually work. Yeah, and uh, and you know, Paul McCarthy is one of the best caricature actors around. Like, there's he just does impersonations really, really well. Uh, He'll always just be an usher at Cinema Nova to me. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's because we both work there at the same time. <laughs> Casey, I saw... I mean, and this is... When I say nobody was taking responsibility, I think the show was really badly directed, as as well as poorly... I'm not even going to say poorly written. It was poorly edited on on paper, but it was also really badly directed. There was a great a great sketch... Oh, no, not, not a great sketch, but the kind of germ of a great sketch with uh, Genevieve and Paul, yet again. Uh, she was playing a, a, a current affairs host mm-hmm. and he was playing the Prime Minister, Julia Gillard. Yep. And her opening line was, you know, welcome to uh, the world today or whatever whatever that imaginary show was called, uh, where uh, my name is... Uh, is Hutley Knightley or something like that. Uh, and, uh, and you've come here to hear me ask the hard questions that Australia wants me to ask and to watch me pull the hard faces that Australia wants me to pull. Great joke. Great joke. I didn't tell it well. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, but then she pulls a face. Like the, and that is just so condescending to the audience that... The audience is too dumb to know that that was the joke and needs the face pull as punctuation to say, laugh here in this, in this spot. So there was a problem with the introduction to that sketch. There was a similar problem with the end to that sketch and an editor or a director should have just cut that out and, and should, should be able to recognise that. These are, the, these are the problems that were with the show. It was messy and loose and people have compared it to Let Loose Live. Let Loose Live was a Gold Logie winner compared to to this show. So back to the Australians. Notice article. I, don't, I don't say you know best Emmy or anything like that. It's just Gold Logie. Do, do you not, think it's not eligible for an Emmy? <laughs> it's not eligible for a Gold Logie either. So do it's you think more time person. more time could have helped? Is is, is no. no? I think I think that would have been Elton. A machete a machete could have helped though. Like someone going in there and just taking over. Someone good. Someone knowledgeable. Someone that the cast and writers could respect someone that ben elton would listen to really would have made a big difference but because kenneth branner and andrew lloyd Webber weren't available there wasn't anyone who could or maybe elton john there wasn't anyone who could uh, who, who could take on that role because he sure as hell wasn't going to listen to anyone from channel nine just as he wasn't going to listen to people on twitter he was just angry at people on twitter and some people some talk show hosts and some talk talk back 
uh, Callers mm. said that the first show was too smutty, and so he went, ah, oh, well, they must think it's too smutty. You know what? It wasn't too smutty. It just wasn't funny enough. He could have as many smutty jokes as he wanted. Mike and Molly has heaps of smutty jokes in a half hour on Channel 9. No one's complaining about that being too smutty because those jokes are well written. And these jokes weren't. That's why it failed. Am I sad for, for a loss of, uh, of Melbourne television jobs? Of course I am. But then in the same week that uh, Channel 9 pulled the plug on Ben Olsen's show, they sign up Hamish and Andy to produce a new show. Mm. They're still clearly committed to Channel 9 being the home of comedy, but do they have the experience, expertise, management to be able to be the home of comedy? I, I've seen no evidence of it. Yeah, they're kind of just wandering in there, uh, spouting off about that like they've got bucket loads of cash that they can just throw away, around. And have we had confirmation on how much they their, their deal is with uh, Hamish and Andy? I'm sure it's a lot. I'd go with a lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot would, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Everybody's saying it's a lot. It, it's a lot for them to stop doing a very, very lucrative syndicated commercial radio gig and take on a very risky proposition with another television show, which they've already had at Channel 7. Before they'd been before in they the had all the, well. all the roving specials for the, the roving enterprises. But even before specials. they'd done a lot of radio together. Well, that's true. Like they got, that, that was straight from Channel 31. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Channel 9 has a long way to go before they can actually claim to be the home of anything other than the home of losers of The Young and the Restless. Because that's all they are now. They're just the people who lost Young and the Restless to cable. That's Channel 9. Uh, I'm glad to say Ben Elton's probably going to go back to the UK. I think he's been extradited. No, I he won't. No, I think his uh, refugee status has been revoked. No, and, no, no. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we have a treaty uh, uh, because they're going to execute him if, uh, <laughs> if he goes back to the UK, oh, uh, t- given, given he fucked the Queen's back catalogue. So he's... Not the Queen's... Sorry, the Queen. <laughs> yeah, not, not the Queen. I mean, Queen. Yeah. What? Is there Queen. a difference? Queen the band. <laughs> I keep on... Please make the segment end. <laughs> so hang on, hang on, hang on. Who's... Gra- it's Brian May's grandson that's getting married. See, later really, this when year. we got to the whole when Ben Elton closes the door, Hamish and Andy open a window. That's it. That's it. We're this done. is what We're happens done. when oh. Ben Elton oh, attacks. Is this it? This is it. Right. Moving on. Done. Hi, I'm Ryan Shelton, Box Cutters' favourite ever guest, and uh, I've really enjoyed myself on Box Cutters. So listen as much as you can, because um, I'll be having it on loop on my iPod. So do we get another guest? Yeah, we go get on. another guest. Go Brett. Brett first. Big, uh, big guns. Big guns. Cat Weasel. <laughs> No. No? I mean, what a brilliant choice, but no. <laughs> Cat Weasel did not make The Guardian's top 50 television shows of all time. Uh, AR. Uh, no. No, no. Sorry? No, uh, neighbours. No. All creatures great and small. Now, see, that's oddly enough getting closer to some of the things on this list, but no, no. Upstairs, uh, downstairs. No, oddly enough. And that's more than two guesses. Are you being served? No. So, moving on. Now, uh, this is, I, I promise, I hope I'm promising this will be the last time we talk about Ben Elton and, and Let Loose Life. It's kind of moving on, but uh, yeah. interesting, Josh, you should say. <laughs> are, are you being, being served? served? When they announced that Ben Elton was doing 
this show, my first thought was that this was a sort of you know, cultural cringe thing where, where we just went, oh, someone famous from overseas, please have a TV show. Because um, when you stop and think about it, Ben Elton probably wouldn't get a TV show in the UK now. Like, he probably wouldn't have been allowed to, to do that show. They, they, they would be unlikely to give it to him. He has, you know, millions of dollars from Queen's Back Catalogue. I'm sure he's happy. But mm. it seemed a bit of a cultural cringe. And it reminded me, when I was a kid, in the 70s, there was this thing where we would take the cast-offs of UK television and let them do another TV series here. So, like, David Frost came to Australia after he was already washed up in the UK. Uh, we did, we did, yeah, we did a, a remake of um, Are You Being Served or Are You Being Served Down Under? It's probably the most famous one that people would, would name. There were a couple of series of The Two Ronnies uh, made here. When, uh, when I started looking into this, though, because, yeah, we were just going to do a piece about the cultural cringe factor and blah, blah, blah. It turns out it's actually a lot weirder than I thought it was. There's more of them, too. I really, I really strongly remember... Uh, I think Father Dear Father Down Under yep. and Love Thy Neighbour Down Under. Love Thy Neighbour Down Under, yep. Uh, there was Doctor Down Under, part of the Doctor series, which had right. been running for, for years. Love Thy Neighbour Down Under with the original... No, no, no just this is the, Yes, like, this is the interesting thing. Love Thy Neighbour, d- famously, d- a terrible, terrible British sitcom you can currently watch on 7-2, I think. Oh, um, yeah. And it's about a black man and a white man who live next to each other. It's a crazy thought. And the white guy's obviously racist. So what sort of black man? Aboriginal black man? No, wait, or, no, no, no. The, the original, the original English one. So that's, you know, he was Caribbean, you know, immigrant yes, black man. Yeah. And so they came to do a series. And the thing we have to note here, these aren't formats. It's not like they've taken the format and they've made an Australian version. It's actually usually the same lead. They the transplant. Same, the they've cast. transplanted. And they normally in the first episode say, yes, he's moved here from Grace Brothers, England to, to work at our shop. So... A show about racism, which was Love Thy Neighbour. In Love Thy Neighbour in Australia, the white English guy moves here and lives next to some white Australian guys, including that guy from Hey Dad, who was just known Nudge. as that guy back then. Oh, that guy that guy from Hey Dad and also the Abba, Abba movie. movie. Yeah, Abba the oh. movie. That guy from Abba the movie, as I called him back then. And it's Mr. Kelly. just... Yeah. That, just, <laughs> that guy from the news last year. Yes. A, a, a bewildering, <laughs> bewildering concept. But when I started looking into it, what I didn't realise, because, yeah, I was thinking this is cultural cringe, Are You Being Served Down Under was 1980. Um, Are You Being Served ran from 72 to 85. It wasn't a washed-up show. Like, it was an additional series for them. Dave Allen, who I had on my list, started his career in Australia. I didn't realise. The Irish comedian uh, Dave Allen was... Is he still alive? uh, uh, No, I don't think so. I so enjoyed his show. Well, he was a stand-up comedian. I think he died of lack of uh, finger. Finger, yeah. But he was a stand-up comedian. Got told he'd do really well in Australia. 1963, moved here. Got a series with Channel 9. Then he moved back to the UK. And from 67 to 1990, he was based on television. And one more series in 93. But he did... Two or three series of Dave Allen in Australia in 1975 to 77 at the height of his fame. Right. Um, uh, you mentioned David Frost before. Not actually washed up at the time. Doing stuff all over the world. Uh, it was, again, he was really famous in 72, 74 when he did a show here, which isn't even listed on IMDb. So are we so, are we so culturally cringy that we think that because someone comes here, they, they must, must be washed, washed up? up? This is my thing. Two Ronnies did a series here in 79 and 86. Their BBC show ran from 71 to 87. So, yeah. And it, it's, it's not just of that time. Because um, the bill hence a storyline that they all came out here for. But this is the thing. Hale and Pace also, uh, at the height of their... Uh, of their success came and did a, a season in Australia. But this is my thing. Like, like you were mentioned before, I assumed Washed Up has been coming to do a show. In fact, 
it may be the other way around. Perhaps in this period, we were much more international with our television. So doing a series in Australia actually seemed a viable, you know, work option. And so much nicer for the cast uh, than, you know, being stuck in dowdy London or, well, yeah. or wherever in the UK they are. And that's why I'm just fascinated to go, yeah, have we gone backwards? Are we well, less international now there are two, than we were? There are two US series that also did, that, you know, I can name offhand, that did... Down under versions. One was the Love Boat, and the other was Facts of Life. They tend to be specials, though. Yes, they yeah, were. They the, were one-off specials. And, and, and the American shows do that quite commonly. But this idea of, of a, you know, one or in fact, of, in the case of uh, Are You Being Served Down Under, that's two series they did here. As a kid, I found Are You Being Served Down Under really, really confusing. And we've got a, we've got a clip, and maybe after the clip, you'll understand why I found it. It so is a freaking weird show. So confusing. The, the, the premise is John Inman has moved to Australia to take up this job. Well, Mr. Humphreys. Mr. Mr. Humphreys, sorry. Mr. Humphreys, played by John Inman from the original series, has moved to Australia to take up a job in which every other character is uncannily accurate to the people he used to work with in England, but they have slightly different names. And this is... Uh, so oh, this they're is not actually... The- no, 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 because they're meant to be new people. It's a continuation you know, of a journey, of an arc. But... Bizarre. But it's it's June June Brunhill, is it? June and Brunhill as Mrs. Crawford. And even more bewildering, she she plays a woman who's got uh, coloured hair and talks about her cat a lot. And uh, for me, even more bewildering, Shane Bourne playing the Mr. Lucas character, whose name eludes me. But, uh, yeah, we, we have a clip, I believe. I- well, come along, hurry up and tidy this display, can't you? As you know, we have a new assistant arriving this morning, and I don't want you to get the idea that this is a slack, lazy department. I must say, I'm really looking forward to having a nice English gentleman on the floor. There's no doubt about it. The English do have a way with them. Oh, yes, it'll be nice to meet a man who treats ladies like ladies and opens doors for them and that. Oh, well, of course, speaking for myself, most men still open doors for me. That's very true, Mr. Mankovich. I've seen men open doors for Mrs. Crawford. Of course, when they see a face, they shut up again real quick. <laughs> Ignore him. He's an animal. Well, as the new arrival is a long way from home, I want everybody here to bend over backwards to help him. Understood? Understood, sir. <laughs> so, Johnny coming in. It's by the bigger place. Not Fonzie. Don't think it's Fonzie. Well, who's going to be first to make him feel at home? <laughs> Welcome to Bird Brothers, Mr. Um, uh, Humphreys. Wilberforce Claiborne Humphreys. Uh, welcome to Australia, Mr. Humphreys. I'm Mr. Dunkley. This is my flaw, and I'm very proud of it. Yes, you've got a nice shine on it. What sort of polish do you have? <laughs> Mr. Dunkley is a manager of both the ladies and the gentlemen's department. I am Captain Wagstaff. My position is floor walker. <laughs> I'm the man who'll be keeping his eye on you. There's always one. <laughs> This is Mrs. Crawford, head of ladies, and Miss Buxton, her junior. May I say how pleased we are, and I am unanimous in this. And that also goes for my assistant. Uh, do you mind if I take a photo just to mark the occasion? Oh, I'd be flattered. And uh, this is Mr. Bagovich who'll be over you, and this is young Mr. Randall who'll be under you. <laughs> just like being a tomb. Just put your hat on and, and stand there while I get my distance. Yes, well, hurry up, Mrs. Crawford. Things are a little different here in Australia. You may find some of our customs strange, but I'm sure you'll be able to adjust yourself in time. Of course. The truth! Another one! (laughs) And something hilarious happens. Now, it's, it's very hard to tell, but the characters are so much like the original characters 
that as a child, I just thought they had... Like, all I could tell was that they just replaced Mrs. Slocum, the, that there was a different Mrs. Slocum. The set is, a, is a, like a duplication it's almost of the identical. English one, too, which is mm. very strange. Um, the theme tune is completely different. The theme, theme tune is completely different, but I remember the theme tune a lot more as being the theme tune to Are You Being Served than the actual Are You Being Served okay, theme tune. That is kind of crazy. So, in my mind, they had changed the theme tune so that it was more about Mr. Humphreys. I also read that apparently in an interview Shane Bourne said, and this has been repeated elsewhere, that it's never been released on DVD because the master tapes were wiped, except they actually all exist at the National Screen Archive. Ah. We think people are just lying. There's time-coded <laughs> versions. Well, p- apparently there are actually master tapes <laughs> available to no one's put on DVD because... They don't want to. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's terrible. And all of these... Like, the two Ronnies was just the two Ronnies. Uh, I think Benny Hill may have also done one from... from but maybe not... Well, this, uh, this is the thing I would love to find out, because yeah, looking into this and going, well, actually, hang on, I thought this was our cultural cringe, but in fact, maybe now is our cultural cringe that we didn't realise we were seen as an international player in television. And I would love to be able to find somebody who was involved in these decisions at the time to tell us... Yeah, why in this very short space of time? This is between basically 70, uh, mid-70 to about 81, 82 mostly we're talking about is when all these shows were happening. Why, why did that period suddenly have this explosion of English expat dramas? Yeah, I t- it, it's, it, is, it is very strange. I wish there was someone that, like I wish we could call up Reg Grundy. And say, Rich, which, what which was going on? Yeah, what was going on? Because the only other ones I came up with on, on this list was uh, Wurzel Gummidge Down Under was a series made in New Zealand in 87, 89 when they couldn't get funding in, in the UK mm-hmm. anymore. And kind of just to the side of it, Dosser and Joe was a 2002 comedy series by Carolina Hearn. Carolina Hearn invented the, uh, created the royal family and was massively famous in UK. Moved here basically because she wanted to go somewhere where no one knew who she was. Right. To get away from, from the paparazzi and things of that ilk. Made this one-off series with uh, Michael Caton and Madge from Neighbours in it. And it's quite sweet. It's quite quite a pleasant show. Never heard of it. Don't remember it. Which is kind of fascinating because it has an all-star Aussie cast. It's got... Yeah. Um, uh, and the royal family I loved. I think yeah. that was great. But if you, if you, if you look it up, Dosser and Joe, it's kind of like got a bit of everyone is in it and the theme tunes by the Whitlams. It just, it's everyone. Everyone had a go. Maybe that's why I didn't watch Anyone it. Anyone who's around in 2002 had a go. Too busy blowing up my pokies. So there you go. We're <laughs> cultural cringe now. Cultural cringe then. Put your thoughts on a postcard and send them to the usual address. Hey, can we have more guesses? The professionals. No. The Sweeney. See, I'm tempted to say the Sweeney should be on there, but... Uh, the Sweeney is number forty-seven. Ah. They're not just UK shows. You can see, you can see, and, and the one with uh, Terry now, and Uncle Arthur. Now I've just heard X Files from Toby. That is indeed number forty-five. Well done, Toby. Uh, the A Team, not the A Team. <sighs> Do you really think the writers at the Guardian are going to claim the A Team as one of the top fifty shows of all time? I was secretly hoping so. <laughs> uh, Still, what is, what is the one with 10. Terry and nothing in the top ten? Minder, Minder, is Minder on there? No. What is going on? I it's I'm kind of I'm kind of at 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 a loss here. Uh, Toby's Toby's got a guess. Alias. <coughs> no. Oh, <laughs> lost. No lost. Although that's you know at least we're getting into. It's a terrible oversight. Mm-hmm. Postman Pat. No Postman Pat. No. Transformers. No Transformers. Uh, The Honeymooners No, The Honeymooners Seinfeld No, Seinfeld Bob the Builder 
No, no Bob the Builder. I love Lucy. No, I love Lucy. What? Uh, yeah, this is this is insane. Let's go to another an- another segment. Let us to box cutters now, and some people took the time to write us actual emails, which we love. Uh, one of them through the contact us form on the box cutters page at boxcutters.net, and the other one through direct email to hooray at boxcutters.net. Here's one from Claire Power. Hey guys. <laughs> Sorry, just, I, I love when Brett does his voiceover voices. <laughs> just wanted to congratulate you on a fabulous night at Acme. I was only ever a casual viewer of Degrassi and Press Gang, but you've completely convinced me to watch them from start to finish, but perhaps in smaller doses than poor John. I, I did watch a lot of episodes in one go. I brought a friend along. You did. <laughs> from Monash. She's doing a PhD in film and TV, and she was very impressed. You definitely have a new fan. Hello, friend from Monash. Hello, friend from Monash. Hi, friend from Monash. Thanks for all the effort you put into creating uh, such... Sorry, sorry, Brett, can I just interrupt and say that friend will from now on be known as friend from Monash Box Cutter. <laughs> yeah, it's a good name. And, and then once uh, they're finished there, it'll be Dr. Friend from Monash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Box Cutter. Yeah. Thanks for all the effort you put into creating such awesome contents. If you ever decide to do more live shows the support from your subscribers is definitely there cheers claire thanks claire thanks, i was claire. Uh, I, I know that we were really busy in uh, in having to pack up because we went over time i know a box cutter show going over time we went John. half an hour over time it was, rid- it was ridiculous so we really had to bump out of that place as quickly as possible uh but i would have liked to have had some time to to talk to some box cutters listeners and, unless they uh were just too scared of me because i had my fangs in you're a terrifying man I, yeah yeah, have you got a letter? Right. I do. Ha- I do have a letter. This is uh, this one's from David Sidwell. He says, "Hey team, when we get high speed fiber to our houses, and he doesn't mean like cereals and pulses." Won't be uh, Julia Morris coming around doing ads for uh, get some high speed fiber in there. No, 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 it's uh, fiber to the door of the national broadcast <laughs> <laughs> broadband network. Yes, yes, and not fiber running to the door of your nearest toilet. <laughs> no, just in case you weren't getting what we were talking about. It's uh, optic fiber. Yeah, optic fiber bringing bringing internet very very quickly to your house. Uh, so once we get that, he continues. Would you be willing to pay the equivalent of a UK TV license to the UK authorities, but not to the UK authorities, mm. in order to get legal access to? Oh no, actually to the UK authorities. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you be able to? Would you be willing to pay the equivalent of a UK TV license to the UK authorities in order to get legal access to their content over said fiber and recordable? Or a cut-down fee for cut-down access. See, I think it's an interesting question because the iPlayer, the BBC iPlayer, mm-hmm. uh, you can listen to all their radio uh, content anywhere in the world. And I listen to a lot of the radio for comedy and, and panel shows. You can't watch the TV. The TV is for the UK only because mm-hmm. they pay the money for it. It's very expensive to run, blah, blah, blah. I always thought I wouldn't mind having an international subscription fee for the BBC iPlayer to watch the, the TV shows. I, I'm... I would be interested in such a thing. They do do something similar to that uh, with the BBC player in this country uh, that gets the world service, I think. Uh, you get a special radio and it, it picks up the... the uh, Off a radio, yeah, yeah. The transmission just, somehow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so no, but I, I, think, I think it's an interesting idea. Could, uh, could a, a publicly funded broadcaster like the BBC set itself up as 
a content provider. Well, the problem, the, but the problem isn't just the uh, the license fee. The problem is also the external territories and the rights of broadcasting in those external territories. Would they, would they lose that more by not selling it into the Australian yeah, territory? But it's an interesting idea. Just as an individual, I probably would be tempted to to pay. I Joshua, uh, I I probably would. Not uh, actually. No, I, I would be. I would be tempted to to pay for an international service, but uh, like I, I would be happy to pay for a service that meant that I could watch all TV from all over the world without mm-hmm. having to wait for it to be locally broadcast. So, essentially, you know, getting rid of a broadcast system. Uh, that's that's what I'd be looking at. Just one particular country. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's enough. I don't think I watch enough British shows to to warrant it. Brad, um, probably not. I, I because uh, I, I figure my friends from over there are sending me enough as as it is, and uh, they will probably continue to do po- posting you those video cassettes. Yes. Yeah. yes but wouldn't, yes, wouldn't so. you wouldn't you prefer to do it legitimately though? Um, not for the, not for UK content, uh, because I don't, I don't think there's enough consistency for me watching their stuff, uh, that it would make it worth it. Right. Right. So you're, so you're just advocating uh, piracy. That's, that's what you're doing. No, no. Uh, Advocating having friends in faraway places. Mm. Who pirates Speaking of the UK, two yes. more guesses. Two more guesses. Oh, t- Tell, no, big American shows. Uh, what, what's that show that you'll get hard for? Sopranos. Is the Sopranos Sop- a real guess? Is that your, your genuine guess, Mr. Yeah. Toby? That is number one right. on the list. Toby Halligan cracked number one. Right. And uh, The Wire would be my second guess. The Wire is on this, but at number 14. I was surprised none of you uh, said The Wire. Dead, Deadwood. No, Deadwood. No. Toby Halligan just pulls the... He, he has one face, and it's constantly surprised. <laughs> oh, that was on that website. That's right. I've seen... You had said that before. Toby's surprise face. Uh, yes. Um, Dot com. <laughs> where, on, on the We've website for the show that they axed before you actually get on? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so not Toby again, that profile. No, he's that. just saying... <laughs> <laughs> oh, now Toby's angry. <laughs> Um, um, big ones, big ones that. Uh, uh, oh, the shield. It's not going to help. I just thought the about shield. Big, no. Blue. No. No. Family uh, ties. Dexter. No and no. Alf. No, Alf though. Good, good guess. I liked Alf. Dynasty. But, but no, no, no. Uh, uh, Days of Our Lives. No. Day of the Triffids. No. Ducky. <laughs> Not monkey, no. I, I Punky you, Brewster. Uh, I'll give you a clue. The top ten doesn't Frank include doesn't include Grange Hill because that's number fifty. <laughs> Press gang Grange is Hill Press gang on there. Press gang didn't make the list. Degrassi high. Oh, I'm bored with this now. Um, I'm going to tell you the top ten. Oh uh, no, tell Where? us the top ten in uh. pork. Again, pork. Because uh, you know, let people let people keep guessing. Yeah, yeah. I just saw the shield is on this list. I do apologise. Oh, oh, good. Was that yours? Yeah, that was mine. It's number thirty-seven. Survivors. No. Mm. 
Blake Seven. No. So, Josh, if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be Supernatural. Really? Is it on Free to Air? Is it on the list? Supernatural's not on the list. It's not on the list? No. Uh, yes. You're not on the list. Just my new game show. You're Sex not on the, the list. City. <laughs> Supernatural, Sex which is... Sex and City came in at number 51, which I know from the article. It's not on the list. Supernatural, which uh, is on my new favourite free-to-air channel, Eleven. Eleven is great. Yeah. I, I do watch quite a bit of Eleven. Eleven's, Eleven's got heaps of great stuff. I watch quite a lot of Go as well, which surprised me. Supernatural yeah. is Monday that nights. Song just does my head in. <laughs> go, baby, go, baby. Yeah, do you want to hear or not? Yes. Thanks, on. Supernatural. Yeah, Monday. Supernatural. Monday nights. I was half listening. I thought you said Sunday. Yeah, half isn't enough, Brett. <laughs> half just isn't enough listening. Oh, bring some gold. You need <laughs> Supernatural eight thirty p.m. on Monday night on eleven. Another thing at eight thirty on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's heaps of stuff. You know Bones, what though? I'm glad. I'm glad it's not up against uh, Conviction Kitchen. Who could make that choice between Supernatural that I've already seen and Conviction Kitchen that I haven't? It's no choice. No choice. Con K's on. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Con K. Uh, so that's uh, that's my one thing. John. Uh, I'm going to fly to England again. Actually, we got a complaint that, that, that you'd picked some uh, cable that stuff I, yeah, that in, I, in one thing. Uh, although we have in the past quite often chosen stuff that you're meant to be a bit tired from overseas. So, it, yes. So I'm, I'm flying to England. To well, I, think, I think the complaint that I'm, I'm cutting out 70% of the viewership is... Uh, is I think a little bit unfair because there are three of us. There are three things, and it's just what we would. But you watch. individually, you're cutting out seventy percent. No, yeah, but me I'm, individually, if I was going to watch one thing, I have Foxtel. That's what I'm going to watch. But I'm cutting out like ninety nine percent of people who don't want to legally download something. So you know. Anyway, I'll be flying to England to Exclusionist. watch episode three of How TV Ruined Your Life, which is the latest Charlie, Charlie Brooker. Brooker. That's already out. They've got to be up to episode four or five. It might be episode four, in fact. Yes. I may have just been, yeah. yeah. You know, I could be guessing. That, that, that is excellent. No, go- you're going in your time machine to I, the UK. I've, yes, I've watched the first two. So, you know, basically, I I'm enjoying that one, one as well as uh, 10 o'clock live, which oh, Charlie Brooker is also in. With, what time do you watch that? We're uh, live at 10 o'clock. Oh, interesting. Yes, yes. Interesting. Uh, I, I just direct my satellite over there. Uh, for me, it's on at uh, 11.15 p.m. Thursday, ABC2, uh, Inside the Actors Studio, which is a, a really consistently high-quality show. Uh, this week, talking to Ricky Gervais. Oh. Mm. So is that on every week now on I ABC2? Because yeah. I really yeah. like Inside the Actors Studio. and The, the Dennis Leary one was, was pretty amazing. It's only on uh, Ovation on, uh, on, on cable. cable. And that was a channel that I had and then suddenly didn't have because they mixed up all the channels, as they want to do from time to time to try to get you to spend more money. Uh, so, you know, they took some channels away, gave some new channels, whatever. I don't know. Go with the flow. Mm. That's... That's what you learn to do when you've got Foxtel. You don't want to pay anymore? Just go with the flow. <laughs> hey, on Ricky Gervais, can I mention before that thing we are talking about, I, I watched some clips from, from Lovely Neighbour Down Under, and the guy who plays the lead in that, because I've never actually watched Lovely yeah, Neighbour. Eddie. Eddie. He, his performance is exactly like when Ricky Gervais is playing Andy Millman, playing the guy in When the Whistle Blows in Extras. Oh. And because I always thought when he's in the terrible sitcom within Extras that he was overplaying it a bit. And in fact, yeah. it's, it's almost a complete copy because Love Thy Neighbor Guy does those terrible mm, looks at camera you know, to, to cover the hilarious laughter coming in from the hilarious jokes he's just told. The Office? Do you know what enough? No. The what? Office did not make this list. That is actually odd, isn't it? Charles in Charge? 
No, not Happy Chelsea Days. Church. Is Happy Days on Happy there? Happy Days is not on here. Right. Have they even ever watched TV, these people? Try The West Wing. Is The West Wing on there? It's number 11. Right. You didn't make the top 10. Right. Uh, is that show that I hate about uh, people who die six feet under? Yes, that is on the list. That's number 15. Right. Sports Night. No, I didn't make it. Uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. No, not there either. Uh, what about Pork? What about Pork? Hey, um, when I cast my pod... It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Sorry, uh, last week I created some uh, some special uh, intros for Toby, but Brett says they're all too hot. I didn't steal a single one of them. They're all blown out. But they're all uh, they're all a little bit. They're, they're overexposed. Right. They're too white. Oh, too too much light. There was too much too much yeah. light, and I had the yeah. the thing yeah, open for thing t- open. too long. Yeah, uh, I can't believe fly. You... I think it's called the fly on the camera. Had can't... that open for too long. Can't believe you didn't uh, keep the sauce on those. Uh, no, I was really just uh, just going churn and burn, churn and, Ch- and burn. Do it, do it, yep. get it out there. What's going on? I don't know. It's just art on the fly, Brett. So that generally happens. You you, you get you get. Not particularly good stuff when you turn a bird. Yeah, yeah, which is exa- yeah. exactly what happened. So instead, I used to have a boss that insisted on doing that. Instead, here's my new intro for Trotters. Trotters. That's classy. You like that? Yeah, it's nice. Modernist. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Modernist. Toby Halligan, welcome to uh, officially the microphones. Thank you very much. For yeah, that. speak right into that. Into the front over, bit. Yeah, yeah. For that love, it. love it. Microphone. It actually uh, reeks uh, just a little bit. So um, I don't know who was using it before me, but they they had halitosis in a pretty serious. They way. were living the rock and roll lifestyle. Was it halogentosis? No, not in the sense that it was designed to attract me, unless it was designed to repel me, because they're certainly successfully doing that. Uh, let's just clarify a couple of the old. Because halitosis repels helis. Ah. Oh, yeah. that's that's why. Uh, so that's if if I if I want to write a script that Halle Berry will not be involved in, <laughs> put I just in put halitosis. Right, yep. got it. Yeah, you know, you guys should be um, comedians. I think. Yeah, so should you. Um, <laughs> well, I am. Now, Genevieve Blackmore was the name of the actress. Thank Blackmore. You. Um, well, that, that was one of my what? guesses. Isn't that Jenny B? It was one of your guesses. Uh, Hamish and Andy have been offered between 15 and $17 million. Uh, what? Do we believe that? I don't think I believe well, that. Well, Earth dollars? That, that was what I'd that's heard. according to the newspaper. Mm. That's between 15 and $17 million. Human Earth dollars? No. Is no. that a three-year deal? Zorian. Zorian oh. celery dollars. I, oh, you know I the like, kind you snort? I think if yeah. that number's real, though, you would have to find there's probably lots of... Caveats and contract bits and but stuff. But also, oh, they'll be have that, caveats be the total on budget of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, is that'll be not like just the for them. The we're saying it's not just for them. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, John, John. It's I've actually got, for uh, Radio Karate. I've got it. There, oh, there'll be plenty of ca- caveats. Caveats. They'll have some caveat on toast points in there because yeah. yep. it sounds like caviar. Toby, that was, was good. So, anyway, um, Toby wrote that joke. Look, it was <laughs> go and see his show, Electile Dysfunction. It was previously seen the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That, you know, there are no media organizations in the WA or there's only one media organization that's ridiculous of course there is Herb FM run by Herb Willis an (coughs) ex-miner who spends his nights working out a free mantle ranting about how the benefits of coal oil 
is a much better alternative to fish oil. You know, you know when you write what? a bit. You know when you write a bit, and then the podcast takes a bit of a different direction, and other things happen during the podcast, and interesting, interesting things happen. Well, well, I kept that bit in. I kept her bit FM in, and you know what? You know what? It was still funnier than your exchange earlier. Herb's That's a real dude. Real dude. I mean, this is a real thing. We can all subscribe to Herb. Uh, no, Herb is completely. Yes, made that completely. Oh, I got all excited. It's, it's like eating sludge. It was so. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Fremantle. I, yeah, Fremantle. Um, uh, one interesting little factoid regarding the cancellation of Two and a Half Men. Angus Jones, the kid in Two and a Half Men, earned three hundred thousand dollars an episode. There were one hundred and seventy-seven episodes, so in total, he earned. $53 million. Take that, Hamish and Andy. From doing that show. <laughs> oh, now, did, he, did he start out on that? I Because you get a lot of you know renegotiations. Yeah, he, he probably started on five bucks a show. And they, yeah. yeah. It. It's a bit like the Friends cast started out on like 70 grand an ep and then they were plus a million. You know what? You've actually ruined my ability to make a joke <laughs> about how like a fat kid's paycheck was the equivalent to like the GDP of Liberia. Oh, so, no. so thank you for that. That's why that's why heckling <laughs> heckling fucks jokes up. Do you see do you see why Yeah, you see I see why you exactly why Toby Halligan. Next. Now, let's <laughs> excuse, Did I just get next? We were we heard a bit about Charlie Sheen's rant, but I actually thought it would just be really enjoyable just to read some of it. Because firstly, firstly, I wanted to do a couple of quotes to set this up because a lot of people have said a lot of stupid things. So here's something stupid Glenn Beck said. Whoever thought a tiny candy bar should be called fun size was a moron. <laughs> Thanks. And this is something he said to millions of people. He also may have made some comments about Barack Obama being racist. <laughs> Gold being where you should invest your money and the fact that there are no poor people in the United States. Um, here's something Mel Gibson said about his girlfriend. However, can I just note, I'm going to add the word rose to where he swears. Go ahead to the goddamn jacuzzi yourself. Go ahead, rose it. Rose the jacuzzi. It's a thing. You have no rosing soul. Um, there's, there's quite a few more of them. I'm not going to go through them. This is what Charlie Sheen said, though. First of all, he branded uh, Chuck Lorre a stupid, stupid little man. Then he said, I'm not perfect, but look what I'm dealing with. Fools and trolls. And then, and then he claimed, clearly, love, clearly, clearly to have defeated this earthworm with my words. Imagine what I would have done with my fire-breathing fists. <laughs> I am sorry. Fire-breathing fists. If you were going to go off on him. And then, and then, and then he had a go at Thomas Jefferson. I'm not Thomas Jefferson. He was a piss. They censored. I, I assume it says he was a pissant. But I dare anyone to debate me on things. Debate me on AA right now. I had a disease. I cured it with my brain, with my mind. I can't use the word sober because that's a term from those people. But I have cleansed myself. I closed my eyes and in a nanosecond, I cured myself from this ridiculous model of disease, addiction and obsession. He then went on about talking about spending his time flying around in planes with two supermodels and saying that if that was going to be the worst his life got, he was pretty happy with it. All I'm going to say is if this is the standard now for celebrity meltdown, that's awesome. I want all of us. Charlie Sheen has set a bar that is incredibly (laughs) high. For celebrity meltdown. He, he, re- he really has. I'm not sure has. we should be encouraging that. That sounds like full-on psychosis. Well, well, yeah, but 
Okay. That, that sounds like, like as soon as they grab him, they're going to have him committed and locked up. Well, well, sorry. Okay, but remember, though, what we're discussing here is in the realms of Glenn Beck, Tiger Woods, sex addiction, Mel Gibson's ran on the phone. As in, in this field, you can't say, oh, but what about their mental health? You know, like once you're in this arena and you're comparing Well, them, you, you, you can, though. Because, you know, not to take away from the joke that Brett's already taken away from, but uh, so, you know, I feel, I feel justified in stepping in here and going, you, you can, you can say, uh, say, you know, Glenn Beck is a fool. That's, that's different. Sure. Uh, Mel- would sex addict, etc. It's uh, Mel Gibson, sex addict, I don't believe in that, but uh, Mel, Mel Gibson uh, is a, uh, you know, th- they were the racist rantings of uh of a racist drunkard with father issues with with father issues who who clearly has some psychological problems this charlie sheen stuff is is clearly uh related to psychological problems that being said brett it's some pretty funny stuff yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) like Like, but what like 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 this is this is britney getting shaving her head Oh sure, well, no, well, that's a bit that, like that is a bit different. Like, like all I'm saying is that you know these guys have lived pretty amazing lives. Like, as in even by the standards of Roman emperors, but like by any kind of standard you have set, Charlie Sheen has lived an incredible life. That doesn't mean we should dehumanize him, but we dehumanize everyone else all the time. Do you so think I'm, he's got lead plumbing? I think, I think, I think the Huns are coming. <laughs> and this is this is having a negative impact upon the Sheen. I think maybe there's been a bit of inbreeding, and the Sheen line has been diluted. I think Charlie it? Sheen has done plenty of breeding with himself, <laughs> with his fire breathing fists. Wow, <laughs> that would just hurt. <laughs> John Richards, I am on the edge of my seat, not literally, just figuratively. Yeah. What did the reviewers of the Guardian put in their top ten? Uh, just before we go, I want to mention that Glenn Beck really, really likes Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Oh, you know, did, did said he? That he loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, really, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to see that. Okay, the top ten from the Guardian reviewers. Number one, as Toby Halligan got, was The Sopranos. Now, what you didn't get was Brideshead Revisited. Our Friends in the North came in at number three. Mad Men at number four. A very peculiar practice at number five. Remember that? No. Peter Davison was in that. What? What's that? That oh, wasn't, wasn't that the sequel all to All Creatures Great and Small. No, 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 no. It was, it was a modern day thing about yeah. uh, doctors. Um, number six was the Talking Head series, which is the Alan Bennett stuff, which is phenomenal. Yes. You should go and watch that. It's yes. incredible. It is excellent. Half hour, single person plays. Monologues to camera, but it's brilliant. Um, number seven was The Singing Detective. Number eight, oh, Oranges Are Not The Only Fruit, because the UK does like a lesbian drama. Number nine. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. A lesbian adolescent drama. Yeah, yeah, because I think there was another one on the list as well. Uh, oh, the, the L word came in at number 36. Speaking of which, really? uh, yeah. Armistead Morpin's in town. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. happened now. It's yeah. happened. Go on. He was here. He went. Number nine, State of Play. Yeah, very, very big in, in the UK. And number 10 was Boys from the Black Stuff. Which I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Is that some racist TV show from the North? Uh, it's, it's about the North. Yeah, it's all about the North. Uh, uh, on this list, there were, there were at least five shows I'd never heard of, including How Do You Want Me, Bodies, The Monocled Mutineer, uh, and those are the other ones I end up circling in the end. But yes. The Monocled Mutineer. The Monocled Mutineer. That I want to see. That came in number 28. That's some odd alliteration. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to thank everybody who had everything to do with uh, the Acme thing. Thanks to, to uh, the two of you, to- Toby and Brett, uh, for, for the support. Uh, Anna Svedberg, who uh, was great at Acme. Lyndall McElwain, who gave a lot of help behind the scenes. Uh, everybody who sent in all of their videos. It was a huge even success. Even the ones in the dark? Even, even the ones in the dark. Oh, that was brilliant. Uh, Spooky. Yeah, uh, Murray, whose uh, who's video you will never get to see unless you're at the night, uh, gave us the beautiful, beautiful story. That was story. phenomenal. We love uh, you, Murray. Oh, it's not coming up on the Acme video. Uh, no. I need to tell him no. to take that out. But yes, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Uh, he, it was specifically only for the night. Uh, but a, a really, really beautiful story. Everybody who, uh, who shared their stories, thank you so much. And everybody who came as well. Was a great night. We're hoping to do some more of those. Uh, similarly, with uh, AussieCon last year, we're, we're hoping to do more kind of panel discussions throughout the year as well. So we'll keep you informed of those. If you want to hear, not watch, but hear the Acme event, maybe you've got low bandwidth. Uh, maybe you just like using your ears more than your eyes. Maybe you uh, take it in while driving. Maybe you, you can't be watching stand the look of period. us. Maybe you just can't stand the look of us. Too much grey. Yeah, so I'm sorry. A lot of grey. A lot of grey, but you have less yeah. grey in your beard than I have in mine, which is why I had to shave mine off. Yeah, crazy See, that's, that's how that goes. Uh, we will release that on March 28th. So uh, we're going to edit together to, uh, to give it some, some really... Uh, make it like a tight hour rather than a very, very loose <laughs> hour and 45 minutes. Uh, so that's happening then. Uh, anyone else have anything between now and next week? Um. I don't think so. Perhaps, just perhaps, Dave Lawson will be sitting in the John Richards seat next week. Anything could happen. Yes, um, Toby? On the uh, 2nd of March, I will be emceeing uh, a gig in Canberra at the Civic Comedy Club. That's on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What's the gig? Um, it's just uh, uh, Trevor Jones coming down to headline the spot. So where, where is it? The Civic Comedy Pub. People, Civic people pub. in Canberra will know where that is. So it's is it near the is it near the lake is it near near one of the roundabouts? Is it near a lake? It, it is near a roundabout. It is <laughs> not that near the lake. Um, it's a pub in Canberra. People who are, live in Canberra will know where Canberra it is. Canberra people know this. The also, on the nineteenth of March at three pm, I'm having my trial show at the Green on Sydney Road. So you should come and check that. Oh, out. I thought you were That's about the, to say that you had to turn up at court. No, <laughs> I, Toby. Toby, we've we've gone through this before. It is the Brunswick Green. The Brunswick Green. Yes, the Brunswick Green. The Brunswick Green. Um, and also, during the Comedy Festival, my show runs from the 12th of April to the 23rd of April at the Fad Gallery. I you hope, come and check it out. I hope everyone listens to this with their diaries open just in case. That yeah. special Toby diary. Yeah. Well, hey. Is, hey with the uh, little pictures, cut out pictures of Toby uh, from Smash Hits. Yep. <gasps> like, like, yeah, like, and, you, and you put the plastic on the outside. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, contact. yeah. And they got Toby doing all, all, all of his surprised faces. Yeah. Well, I've got to make up for the fact that, like, I never got to air on Strictly Speaking. Like, you know. Did electile. you not get to air? Did they not even... No, they didn't put me at air. Oh. Electile dysfunction has got to get out there somewhere. Yeah, fair enough. Josh. Fair enough. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I'm Toby Halligan. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 
Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, his studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. You can find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metropolitan area. This show is produced by Toby Halligan and myself, Josh Canal, with help from John Richards, Dave Lawson, Courtney Hocking and Brett Cropley. And it's Brett Cropley's golden fingers that make the show sound great. Peter Wilson is our server chief. If you enjoyed this show, go to the iTunes Music Store and leave us a five-star review because we deserve it. You can email us at hooray at boxcutters.net, tweet us at boxcutterscast, or leave us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash boxcutters. If you missed any of that, rewind it, listen to it again. We also love getting your comments on the Boxcutters blog, which is at boxcutters.net. Leave us what you think there in your own words. Uh, what was, uh, what was, so we know what number 50 was. Yeah. What was number 32? Number 32 was Band of Brothers. So you could have guessed that one. Yeah. That seems a logical guess. Toby's doing his surprised face again. Surprised face, Band of Brothers. Yeah. Um, I mean, a few others you could have perhaps got were Prime Suspect. Would have seemed a fairly, you know, one to go for. That's number 19. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number 22. Cracker. Was Cracker in Number 23. Firefly? No Firefly. No. No Firefly there. Battlestar Galactica came in at 25. Which one? Uh, I'm presuming the new one. I, I, I doubt, you know... On this list, we're going for the seventies one. Buck Rogers in the no, 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 no. Oz came, Oz came in at forty-three because you know Guardian reviews love a bit of man-on-man action. I I, I particularly love the uh, the performance of this guy. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>